Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. You know, I was, I'm starting a new book because um, mm. I just finished another one and I'll, I'll read a couple. I mean, just, yeah, please. I, I pulled it out here and yeah. it's, it's how not to be afraid. Mm. And it's by a guy by the name of Gareth Higgins. And um, he, he, he's, it looks like a good book. There's, um, there's, it starts off with a quote by Rosa Parks. Mm. And it goes, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. Knowing what must be done does away with fear. Mm. That's beautiful. Wow. Spoken like Isn't someone it? who's really internalized that practice and has done it. Wow, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. mm. Here's another, here's another qu quote from the beginning of the book. Your enjoyment of the world is never right. Until every morning you wake up in heaven. Whoa. Not not many of us can match the abandon of the 17th century British poet T Thomas Traherne, but he lets us know that we have an option to embrace gratitude so fully that it eclipses our anxiety and fears. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Isn't isn't that's, that great? That's absolutely beautiful. And that. That's so true about gratitude and the way that that works. Like when we actually get into it, it literally transforms. Yeah, when <laughs> you embrace it's it, it's a transformational so... yeah. practice. It really is. I, I had that just journaling the other day, um, where I was I was up in Northern California, and that kind of is like a marker point for me now in the year. Like it happens every six months that I go up there for this mm -hmm. um, training that I'm doing, and. Um, and I felt like nothing had changed. I was kind of like, it's kind of a bummer being here. Like it's six months later and like, what's going on? And then I just began to write out all the things in my life that I was grateful for that had come back into my life since getting sober, like all those things. And it totally, it didn't change anything in my life. It just changed the way that I saw everything in my life. It was like, oh my God, everything's a gift. <laughs> but you have to, you have to kind of like rev the lawnmower that is your brain to kind of get yourself there sometimes, because a lot of times we just, we just don't live in that, you know? Right. I mean, it, gratitude can seem so trite sometimes, you know, just like minimal. And we just kind of rattle off things that we're grateful for. But, you know, and, and this is one of the things I talk about with, I was talking to somebody about it today. It's like, you have to really fight for it. I mean, you mm. have to, and I encourage people if they're doing gratitude lists to make sure that you're sharing that gratitude with somebody. Don't just keep it to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's really important to let it, to give it, breath to give it air 
and and to and and the possibility of somebody else my being able to shift their perspective it intensifies the gratitude the other thing that i always encourage people to do is try not to repeat repeat things that you're grateful for i mean theoretically we could find gratitude in almost everything Mm. yeah Absolutely. It, it's so easy to be grateful for good health or the sun or whatever, you know, and that that's just this this happen happy go lucky attitude. But gratitude is it's it's a shift in perspective that we have to put effort into. How can mm. I how can I see things different? Gratitude's most valuable when we have a difficult time having it. Mm. Mm. That's really true because it, it's what wrangles us out of whatever funk we're in. <laughs> yeah. If I can yeah. begin to like just think of the things that I am grateful for. Like that really, you know, uh, I've just had a prayer lately as I've been waking up because I'm in a very liminal sort of space in my life and things could look different at any moment, you know, babies on the way and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just kind of say like, let me live this exactly as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And like the biggest thing that brings me back to that is, is my dog. Whenever my dog is around, I can instantly kind of get into the moment because with my dog and it's, you know, tear jerking or whatever, but like, just, I, I kind of have the perspective of like, oh, that, you know, my dog isn't going to be as ra- around as long as I am. And, and mm-hmm. it's a really brief, beautiful window that I have with this little thing. So like, I just, every moment I have, <laughs> I just want to like be there and be present. So that helps me kind of get right into it. And then that can help kind of, you know, jumpstart the gratitude, but you're right. I it's lo- like, it's I love work. your dog. I love your dog. That's right. I used to see a, a regular on Fridays over mm-hmm. at Richard's place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, he's and that's, you know, because it's kind of it's unconditional, you know, and and, you know, I I don't think that a dog can they're not committed to accepting or rejecting anything. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's just, you know, this is it's I I have to remind myself that, too. And it's kind of a funny thought I have is like this is its whole life, like (laughs) exactly what I'm introducing it to, the walks I'm taking it on, the thing I am. I am its whole life, which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, when you think about that, like that's how we live, too. Like we are dependent upon like all of the systems around us to keep us alive and in place and in play and all of that and kind of being present to that is is just being as present as my dog is which is just to be up for anything (laughs) like i'm down yep you're gonna go in the other room i'm gonna go with you too you're gonna go outside i'm gonna go with you too you know just that sort of that yes attitude right because anything other than that has a tendency to slip us into those fears and anxieties right and worries about what if what and again that a dog brings us back into the present moment Mm. Mm, yeah, exactly. Because that's all it has. Because the dog's, <laughs> not, it, the dog's right. not worried about the future. They don't. Right. They they just kind of trust that things are the way they are. Mm. But I loved in that quote. What was the line? It said that once you're once you're sure of something. Is that what it said? Or once your mind is made up on something, then fear begins to dissipate. It was like you had to like almost make a decision. Like it, it, it goes. This so this is a quote by. Uh, by Rosa Parks. She says, um, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. Mm. Knowing what must be done does away with fear. Mm. Man, that is, that is so true. Like I struggle so much with 
fear over like finances and stuff like that. So like taxes for me and everything are just like a giant stress ball, worry, fear, everything. Oh, they it's are, all for, they are for me too. Right. And I'm you're freelance as well. I mean, it's so that time of year for me is always like, well, just buckle up. Like I walk into it, like I'm walking into like, you know, my own death sentence. Um, right. But once I know that I'm going to do it, like once I make it up in my mind, set the appointment, it's like it's happening. Well, I, I think once once we're in action, right, right, once we're once we're taking the action, we're a little bit less in fear of anticipating taking the action. Once I'm sitting down with my accountant or whoever I'm is walking me through it because I never do my taxes alone. I just right, don't do right, that. Right. I, I, I need to have somebody with me. And what a beautiful yeah extension of that metaphor. It, because, yeah. And yeah. so I just, you know, the minute I've taken that action, I'm sitting down with somebody. But th those fears, that anticipation of something, I mean, I have to get my driver's license. You know, I'm mm, sure mm. it's it's that time of year where I have to get my driver's license. I have to say for the test. Mm. I'm going, oh my God, what if I what if I can't read the eye chart or what if I can't pass the test? or i mean just it's just you know so to mm. me what i've learned to do is like i i knock that stuff out as fast as i possibly can mm. and i think that kind of ties into the rosa parks quote where once i know what needs to be done i just right i, I just do it because again me leaving things unattended to like if i know i have something in my place that i need to attend to i try to attend to it um because mm. otherwise that rumination what what they always say is messy room messy mind mm, mm, mm. yeah that, that is so true actually i i just had a full day i was telling richard before we hopped on here where ironically the computer that I had fixed up and everything crashed right before we got on here, but I spent the whole day uh, just rearranging all it was my desktop was a cluster. Everything was a mess. And so I, I kind of revamped everything and then did the same and kind of like my digital space and life. And even though it's not a physical thing, it felt that freeing to me afterwards. It was like, that felt like self-care because afterwards I could breathe a little better. I just, I felt cleaner. I felt like I knew where everything was supposed to be. It all made sense. <laughs> and that, that really does. That makes a huge, huge difference if, if you're just kind of pointing right. it in that direction. Right. Right. I mean, again, it, it all comes back to the thinking, you know, we have to be capable of navigating our thoughts, you know, and I think that's why I, I always come back to it. You know, I always come back to it. it the daily practice, mm -hmm. you know, we come back to the daily practice where we're developing a relationship with our thoughts. We develop a relationship with who I am in the difficult moments. Who am I in the difficult moments? Mm -hmm. And if I'm a person that is intending to be disciplined and and um, and courageous and fearless, I will begin to move through all that stuff without mm -hmm. kind of buying into the into the distracting thoughts. Um, they will happen. But uh, if I can learn to relate to them better, um, I'm going to be a lot less, uh, you know, pulled into taking action based on my fear-based thinking. Right. Because right. again, fear is we're gonna, we're going to always have fear. Fear is is a given. But um, what we do with that fear is really kind of what makes the difference. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love the Buddhist perspective and the stuff that you teach. It's because it's. Fear is in that perspective, in that tradition, fear is like something it's natural that we deal with. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's going to happen. Well, it's an assumption. <laughs> and I think well, I think, I think that yeah, I think yeah. that happens in, in it happens Almost in the mystical ever, yeah. traditions yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of totally. Christianity too. I don't think it's I don't think it's exclusive to the Buddhist traditions. I think you find a lot of the great 
Christian mystics will talk about the same thing, you know, totally. how we're handling fear, how we're moving through, you know, some of the difficult moments. I mean, Thomas Merton talked about all that kind of stuff a lot, you know, and, totally. and you know, how to navigate the anxieties and the phobias of life. Right. You know, and one of the ways that we do that is by feeling, by recognizing that everybody has them and we're not, they're not unique to oh, us. Right. It's, it's this oneness that we tap into, you know, right. Martin Luther King talked about it, you know, and, um, and when we realize that it's a part of what everybody's life is about and, and not making a bigger deal of it than it needs to be. Right. Right. And yeah. taking that action. I think that's what Rosa Parks was talking about. I don't I don't think she came from a Buddhist background. So. No, no, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the the beautiful part is though that like and, and I, well, not beautiful. The, the the devastating part is that like so many of us walk around with completely natural feelings in our heads, like haunted by the idea that we're not supposed to be having that thought or that mm -hmm. that thing is somehow wrong or I'm the only person in the whole world who has thought this thing or has done this thing. And that's not true, right? And I think part of the relief that I've found in recovery is when I begin to like. It, step into these rooms with other people who are going through this stuff, like you begin to understand that like, oh my gosh, I was not only not alone, but like all of us thought that we were so unique and special and <laughs> look at us all right. now. It's a group of people finally able to kind of voice what's going on. I was just listening to this thing from um, James Finley uh, and he was talking about mystical sobriety. Um, but his point was that, and he's not, he's not even sober, but it's just his, you know, sort of perspective on the group. He said, what was beautiful about, um, his interactions with people in recoveries and those meetings and stuff that he would go to, he saw that people were gathering together to basically confirm that what was going on was real. And he said, that's, right, right. that's like religion at its best. Like if that's a church service, that's at its best. But really what it is, is it just kind of like. It's stepping into something like almost like holy <laughs> that's going on where it is like you're you're finally able to say like, yeah, man, I have these weird thoughts. And then that universal feeling of like, oh, me too. And then all the right. you know, everyone gets to raise their hand, you know? Well, I think, you know, I think in the in the Western world today, I think we're so focused on mental health and mm. mental unwellness and we've we've all got our pathologies and our diagnosis and there must be something wrong with me because of the way i'm thinking and and um i think w we're almost conditioned to have um this perspective of i'm unique i'm different something's wrong with me mm. um and when we get into the rooms of alcoholics anonymous or or we get into any kind of a spiritual community. A lot of times we can find it's like, oh, and and but I think too when we when we start to have conversations with people, and we start to recognize. But I think we we are so obsessed with our, um, and I think you know if you really look at it, that sometimes the self help industry it continues to promote our brokenness as opposed to our wholeness. Totally, totally. Yeah, we're, we're always looking where's you know what's what's broken in me. You know, it's it's almost like it's continually reinforced, mm. uh, rather rather than focusing on on you know our um, inherent perfection. Mm. Yeah, I have a I have a a person in my life that has the same stuff going on that I do. So like ADHD out the out the waz. Um, but I'll notice like when I'm with them. They keep, they'll bring that up because they have a lot of knowledge on it and it's amazing, but they'll bring it up all the time. So it'll mm -hmm. be every, it'll be, well, because of my ADHD, <laughs> well, because I have ADHD, well, because I have, and I have that too. And I get it. 
right? I, it's wonderful to find out who you are and find out like a piece of yourself and go, wow, I can like learn so much about that. But I think we fall into the trouble with this with like, you know, Myers-Briggs tests and then like, you know, even the Enneagram in certain spaces where we begin to label things and like just, you know, this is all you are <laughs> type of a thing. You're creating permanence around something that may or may not be permanent. You know, I mean, this right. is just this, you know, again, if you're tapping into the Buddhist perspective, even ADHD is, right. you know, would be in uh, uh, in the Eastern traditions would be, oh, I'm having, you know, I'm I'm not really as focused as I'd like to be. Right. That doesn't that doesn't mean that I won't be focused next year. Uh, I might totally. be doing something that I'm a little bit more focused on. And so um, when we start to lead from those pathologies, when that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth, what am I doing? I'm solidifying that. Yeah, because it's almost like I'm, starting out with the assumption that I'm broken. Like it, it's just it, saying yeah. from the get go, like, well, I'm damaged goods, so I can only really be this much use to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and that, so, so that's you're, a terrible perspective to to live it, from it, and grow from. Yeah, it's not healthy because you're you're kind of acknowledging that this is going to be the way it is, and it's not going to be different. Rather than rather than saying it in a softer way, it's like you know what, there are some things that are challenging for me because my capacity for focus is a little bit difficult. Right, right. I but mean, again, I mean, I hate to bring it back to my dog for twice in a podcast, but I, I, I think too, there there are certain things that my dog can do that I, I realize like I'm feeling more for him than he's feeling it. Like there was mm -hmm. a time where he had hurt his paw and he was just hopping along on three legs. And and like, I was so nervous about this, but the vet actually told me, he was like, no, 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 he's just staying off of it to like not, you know, put support on it. He's actually doing the right thing and he doesn't care at all. Like he's just wagging around, like having a ball and I'm the one bringing all of this pain and frustration. Like you must be miserable, like whatever. And he didn't care at all. He's just like, oh, yep, whatever. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what we do as human beings, right? Like the paw goes out and I make this huge story around it that it's not the way it should be. And so the whole world is crumbling and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then chaos ensues. Right. When, you know, if I was just like my dog is, which is just like, oh, that's what's happening today. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Let's adjust. Like, <laughs> what's and it again, like to do this? And again, you know what? It could be different tomorrow. It could not be different tomorrow and everything in between. That's right. That's right. This is always going to be changing. It's it's always changing. I mean, it's the nature of, of reality is that we're always in this, in this mode of transition. You know, it's always, you know, what... And again, a lot of times when I have people come up to me and they're having a really difficult day, it's like, okay, we'll go to bed, end the day. <laughs> I love that you've said that to me before. And I would, that's like the greatest piece of advice ever. We're just like, yeah, why Why are you? I Because it's the same principle. I, I, I think this is so strong. It's like you're reading a book and it's not resonating with you. You don't need to stick with that. <laughs> just mm -hmm. put that, there's too many books in the world. Put it down, move on to the next thing. And I think that's so perfect with mm -hmm. the day. It's like, no, you don't need to try and like, like, wrap this thing around and you don't have to whatever. figure it out or or make go it right you know just go to bed go to Start bed. one of my favorite lines in spiritual literature is um we can always begin again mm. Mm. We, we do we do a start over mm. you know and tomorrow can be a start over an hour from now can be a start over mm. it really depends on our our perspective yeah you know, but most often when we're going through a really difficult time, you know, yeah, put yourself to bed, get a good night's rest, get, put, put some food in your body and get a good night's rest. And more often than not, you'll wake up tomorrow and things will be, won't be the same. Doesn't mean they'll be better or worse or anything like that, but they probably they won't be, be the just same. the same.